Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you, Father. We thank you for this word. We pray now that it will go forth and it will not return void. It will accomplish what it was sent to do. And we give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so two little boys were talking at school, and one little boy told the other little boy, I found a secret that'll make your parents give you money. And the little boy said, what do you mean? He said, I don't understand it, but all you have to do is walk up to them and look them in the face and look serious and say, I know the truth, and they will pay you money. <laughs> so the little boy said, okay. So he goes home and walks up to his mom and says, Mom, I know the truth. So the lady scrambles around and gets a $20 bill out of her pocketbook and says, here, don't tell your father. So he's like, wow, it really worked. So dad come home from work and was sitting in the office, and he walked in and said, Dad, I know the truth. And the guy scrambled around in his pocket and gave him a $50 bill and said, don't tell your mother. He said, I don't even understand this. You just tell adults I know the truth, and they give you money. So he looks out the door, and there comes the postman, and he says, I'm going to see if it works on him. So he walks out the door and says, I know the truth. And the postman said, son. <clears throat> Sometimes the truth will set you free <clears throat> or not. I'm glad y'all thought that was funny. Crystal did not. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> What we're going to talk about this week is, is refuge, or hiding place, or home base, or whatever you call it. Because <clears throat> like we talked a couple weeks ago, the human body was not meant to be in this stress and strain for this long a period of time, right? You good? Okay. Usually when you come in here, it's a little kid problem. I just make sure you're good. The human body was not meant to be in this kind of stress or strain for this period of time. And so what we do as humans is... We find our uh, safe space, right? And now safe space has kind of been, uh, whatever. It is what it is. But you find what you do, right? Whether it's a hobby, or it's an addiction, or it's a friend, or it's, you know, whatever. I mean, everybody has some kind of coping mechanism, right? Something to remove them from their stress and strain. Like, <clears throat> for instance, um, you know, I, I never left Berkeley County, really, until I went to Carolina. And then... And if you've ever been away from home with not a lot of folks you know, it is times of stress, especially when you're not doing all that well in school, which probably has to do with a lot of me not going to class. But anyway, it was a lot of stress going on in those situations. And there were days where I had such a week that I was overwhelmed. I would come in mom and daddy's house, and I came home every weekend, but I would come in mom and daddy's house, and mama would speak to me, and I'm like, no, don't, shh, don't talk to me. I would go in the gun cabinet. Load my shotgun with birdshot, walk outside, shoot the pecan tree five times, pick the empty shells up and go, okay, I feel so much better now. I am in my happy place. This is the aroma that I needed to just calm me down. Just, I mean, y'all ever smelled that gun, burnt gunpowder? It's just, it's just, man, it's a beautiful smell. I mean, it might not be your smell. Yours might be lavender or, or vanilla or something else. Mine's burnt gunpowder. Re really, it's burnt gunpowder and like yellow jasmines, because that means I just killed a turkey, right? That's when that happens. But you have this thing that you go back to to get you right, right? To get away from the trouble that's at hand. You know, wildlife refuges are set up to where 
The animals can go there to escape. There's no hunters. There's no nothing, right? It's a safe place. Well, in today's world, if you're looking for a refuge, not a lot of good places to look, right? Because with social media and with all the things that we have going on, <clears throat> there is no escape. There is nowhere to go. I used to think when you could go in the hunting club and when you'd be all by yourself, right? You could get in the middle of the woods and be all by yourself until we started sign-in books. And then I realized you can't go there and be by yourself either because other people do it the same every day. So you have to find something to get you safe, right? Somewhere you can go and feel, you know, loved and calm and, and collected and at ease, right? I mean, that's important because I'm going to tell you, if you live your life without getting to a place, and it, you know, some of it might be that your spouse creates that or your family creates that or your house creates that. You know, there is not a better smell and feeling on the planet than being gone out of town for a long period of time and walking into your house and smelling your house and being in your space. But truthfully, that's still not the refuge. Truthfully, as Christians, we have to, have to, have to develop a habit of going to God as our refuge. Because that's, that's, why, we, that's why we sing I go to the rock this morning. I asked Michael to add that in. Because the truth is, is whether you're up the road or down the road or you're in a bad situation or you're, you're in the worst situation possible, or, you know, it's inflation and chaos, God's refuge does not move. Where when I was in Columbia, I had to drive home to smell that gunpowder. If I'd have been wise enough to understand that God's refuge was with me all the time, that all I needed to do was take a moment to understand that his refuge is there, that I can go to God's presence, that I can feel that warmth, comfort. It would have been a lot less stressful. Probably would have drove a lot slower coming home, too, because you know, being ramped up from all week, you drive, I drive fast coming home. So um, <clears throat> there are a bunch of scriptures about God's refuge. We're going to try to go some different places. Uh, one I bet you hadn't read in a while. We're going to go to the book of Nahum. Nahum? Nahum? That's it? Uh, it, it, it yeah, it's um, right. It's in the Minor Prophets. It's right there before we get into the New Testament. You don't have to flip there. They're going to put it up on the screen. Nahum 1, 7. And he says, the Lord is good and a refuge in times of trouble, and he cares for those who trust in him. Right? So when you, when you get into that situation to where you're in times of trouble, a lot of times we turn to worldly things. Um, you know, we turn to self-help, or we turn to addictions, or we turn to substances, or we turn to other things to try to get us this peace and calm that only comes from God. That, and that <clears throat> everything else that is a refuge to you is only a, a shadow of what it means to be in God's presence and in God's grace, to be resting in God's time, right? Everything else is a, a, a made-up excuse, almost. I mean, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have hobbies, you shouldn't do things you enjoy, but truthfully, when we're talking about trying to get into a refuge, it really, really has to be focused on God. And it's spending time in God's Word, it's praying, it's praise and worship. And I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> 
And I really wish we could do it and do it right. And I don't know if we have the technology or the, or the won't or the know-how or the whatever. But if you've ever been in a situation where things are just really bad and you can't get over it and it's just in a funk, you, you put on some praise and worship for a minute and start singing. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about singing, and I would sing, but I can't sing when my voice is good. I sure can't sing when my voice is bad. But when you start singing praise and worship music, how does it say we enter into his gates with thanksgiving? Yeah. That when we start to praise him, we start to get into God's space, everything kind of slows down, your attitude changes. It's almost impossible to praise God and frown at the same time. It's hard to have that heavy, weary burden on you and praise God at the same time. And I wonder why. Actually, I don't wonder why. I know why. Because when, I, when we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise, we enter into his refuge, in his rest, in his shadow. Right? It, it, it creates a space for us that supersends time, supersends location. It, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what time of day and night it is. It doesn't matter what kind of situation you're in. It can be a life or death situation. It can be the most stressful thing you've ever done. When you enter into God's presence and seek his refuge, everything else seems to stop. You know, God was before time started and will be here after time ends, right? He, his, he's not tied to the, to the concept of our time, right? Like God doesn't care if it's 11, uh, 13. He, he doesn't care. Because God's everywhere. So he's got all 24 hours to cover around the globe. He just don't get hung up on Eastern Standard Time, right? <clears throat> Me and Riley were riding down the road the other day and heard the Don Williams song, the Living on Tulsa Time. And I was trying to explain to her the difference was as he was trying to live in a time zone that he wasn't in. And I, I don't know if she didn't get it or she didn't think it was important enough to, under, to be excited about. Or that why were we listening to Don Williams as a whole? I think it would probably been a whole bunch of that. But God is not tied to the time frame. He supersedes that. So when we really go to God and try to get in his presence and in his refuge, it doesn't matter what time it is. So we're going to read a couple of these verses, and they're all going to say pretty much the same thing. I just want you to see them from different perspectives. Um, oh, man, I didn't mark it. Psalms 18. And then we're going to Psalm 62, but we're going to go to Psalms 18 first. Uh, Psalms 18, verse 1 and 2. Come on now. <clears throat> Um, so this is King David, right? I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, in whom I might take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and I have been saved from my enemies. Oh, I have been saved from my enemies. We used to sing that too, right? It's all of those old praise and worship songs talk about finding God's refuge. And it's funny because it's kind of a, 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 it's not a double negative, it'd be a double positive. I don't know if you really can do a double positive. But we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise, and then when we are praising and worshiping, we're in his refuge and in his gates, in his presence. So it's kind of, we do one to do both. It takes care of itself. 
But when we spend time worshiping God and we spend time reading God's word and we spend time praying and being in the presence of God, all of a sudden the world around us does not matter anymore. And unfortunately, a lot of times we get so tied up in the who's, where's, what's, and how's of what's going on around us that we get into that tizzy. Right? We get into just a state of confusion. And I can't tell you, I, recently, last week actually, I was, in a, I was in this funk, man. I got a lot of stuff going on in business and this and that and kids and wife and job. And I know y'all know how all that works. And it's all at one time and I was just mad. And I was mad for like a couple of hours. I'm just mad. And then I said, why, why are you mad? Why, why, why are you doing this? Why are you handling this? This is all God's problem. None of this belongs to me. First Peter says that we cast this, our cares on him. Well, if I have a refuge and I have a, 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 a comforter and I have a rock to stand on, and he said to cast my cares on him, why am I bogged down being mad over what he said belongs to him? I mean, were any of y'all mad at my problems last week? Excluding Philip. Were any of y'all mad at Fred Riley and Savannah? Were y'all mad at my problems last week? No, you didn't even know anything about them. Didn't make no difference. You didn't affect you. What happens is, is we get so wound up, focused on what we can see. And the Bible says what we can see is temporary, right? But what we can't see is eternal. When we get into what we see and the, the consequences that are going around us, we stand in the middle of the battle and go, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he was like, I don't know. Maybe you should take refuge in me. Maybe you should come to me. I mean, I'm here. Maybe you should come to me. And I see us as like a toddler trying to do something for ourselves. Like, you know, y'all ever seen a toddler try to do something for themselves, whether it's take a lid off of something or pour their own drink or whatever, and you're like, please let me help you. No, I got it. No, please let me help you. I can do it. I promise I can do it better than you. No, I got it. Well, that's what we look like to God a lot. I can handle all of these things. Thank you very much. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I ask you to cast your cares on me and live in my comfort and my refuge and my strength and my shield and my rock and my salvation. But if you want to do it yourself, then go for it. Because that's the situation we're in. What Granddaddy used to say, it's like a drunk mouse going, where is that cat? That, I mean, that's where we're at. <laughs> um, Psalm 62. And here again, King David, here again, same kind of words. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And in verse 5 says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress, and I will not be shaken. I'm pretty sure this is a song, right? So he's just repeating, you know, how the words start and then they go again. When we are in the situation that we're in and we fight in the battles that we fight on a daily basis and we're stressed and ran and done, how many times, how many times do you let yourself get pushed to the breaking point to where you do or say something you shouldn't or put yourself in a bad situation, that if you had just stopped and said, wait a minute, if I just rest in God's favor, if I just take time praying for a minute, 
If I sing a couple praise and worship songs, my stress level's going to come down, and then I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to do something I'm going to regret. I mean, it, it, it's, it's so simple. It's so simple. We're faced with daily challenges, and we get so amped up and upset over them that we have this refuge and refuse to use it and go, God, why am I going through all of this? Trust me, I can help. If you just hand it to me, I can pour your drink without spilling it, I promise. I can take the top off. I will handle your car payment. Out of my needs, out of my riches, your needs are supplied. I promise, I got it. Just give it, to, can you give it to me? Can you give it to me? Can I have it, please? Can I have it? I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you ever had a two-year-old and you think about it on that level, did you think about how much you tried hard to help them how much God tries hard to help us. And what do we do? Well, what do, what do we do in my family? Give me that. I told you to give it to me. Well, I mean, thank God, don't, thank God God don't do that. I would be spanked on a regular basis. Somebody asked Mama yesterday, was I spanked as a child? Every day of my whole entire life. But I thank God God don't do that. I couldn't take the spankings that I earned right now. When I'm just walking, trying to do all of this stuff on my own, and I refuse to seek his refuge, and I refuse to seek his word, and I refuse to seek what he wants me to do, because my way's better. I mean, you know, and maybe it's just me. Y'all don't have this problem. I, I'm preaching to me a lot of times I preach to me. Uh, um, I already read 1 Peter uh, 5, 7, but it says cast off. Well, you'll read it anyway. I don't care. Uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He cares for you. But you don't have to be caring. He cares for you. He handles it for you. I mean, y'all ever had that? Y'all ever had somebody that cared for you? Most of us have a hard time with people caring for us, right? I mean, you know, can I get you something? Well, maybe not. Some of y'all generation, Mr. Bobby don't have a problem with that. I don't think Daddy has a problem with that. They, they still get that glass of tea poured pretty quick. But I mean, a lot, a lot of folks have a hard time caring for, right? You, 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 especially somebody who cares for other people, right? Like you try to do something for mama, she has a hard time accepting that, right? The people who are servers, they have a hard time accepting help. Well, we, we have to get to a place that where we can accept God's help. That we live in a way that we are looking for God's help. That we are looking for God's way. That we are living in the refuge that he gives us. And I know it keeps coming back to that, but it, it, it is 100% that. It is 100%. The, the, the higher the mountain gets, the tougher the path gets, the tougher the world gets, the more inflation there is, the more stuff going on, the more chaos there is. The wars and rumors of wars, you are standing at a Y in the road. And you can choose to try to tote your own burden up the hill if you want to. Or you can follow what God said and give your cares and anxiety in him, to him. And Jesus says, I want your burdens. Give me your burdens. and You take mine. It's light. We, we face that decision every day. And most of the anxiety, stress, and worry, and dread, and filth and all the stuff that we are dealing with is because we stood at the fork and instead of taking God's path, we took it I can do it by myself. 
And it's a daily choice. We do it every day. You can get up and worry and fret and dread about what's going on in the world and who's killing where and what's doing what and whose side are we on? Are we on this side? Are we on that side? And we trust this guy? I don't trust none of them. I trust God. That's what I trust. And I, me and Mr. Darrell had a conversation yesterday. They were talking about the war this and the war that. And I said, you know, the more I know about it, the less I believe in it. I, won't, I don't know if I believe any of it. I don't know what I believe. I don't have an opinion. I know that God's word's true and everything else is a lie. So when it comes down to the <clears throat> whether or not I'm going to be stressed about it, what does God's word say about it? And if it lines up with God's word, then I'm going to support it. And if it don't line up with God's word, then I don't got no time for it. And we make that decision. It's a personal decision. And you can be deep in stress and anxiety and fear and dread and turn to whatever else you want to turn to. Whether it's addiction, whether it's uh, people, non-people that you're married to, <laughs> um, hobbies or anything else that's destructive, right? Or you can turn to God. And it doesn't seem like, you know, and I, I'm not saying that, look, I know people have real, real substance abuse problems. I'm not saying that. But I know how you don't have a substance abuse problem is, is if you don't start with a substance, right? That the first time you come to the Y in the road, you pick God's side. And then every time after that, you continue to pick God's side. And even if you slip up a couple times and you go the other way, the next time you come to it, you pick God's refuge, you pick God's strength, you pick God's salvation, you pick God's rock, right? And Jesus said the house is built upon the rock, the same rains came, the same storm came, the same winds blew, all the same stuff happens, life still happens. But when we stand on the rock, the house stood. When our life is based on what God said, and when we stand on the rock, it does not say we're not going to see storms. It does not say that the wind is not going to blow. It does not say that there's not going to be hard times. That is a lie. There is. The devil is about like a roaring lion trying to devour. In fact, that's actually right there. Your enemy, the, the, the next verse, chapter 8, be alert and of sober mind, for your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. We are not excluded. We are not excluded from the trials and tribulations of this world. However, in the most in the middle of all of those same trials and tribulations, we have the opportunity to stand in the shadow of the Almighty and let Him handle it versus how the world handles it. <clears throat> Hebrews. Oh, man, I marked like three verses. I want all of them. Uh-uh, we're going to start in the, we go start with uh, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing 
of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight, for everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give account. 14, therefore, since we have such a great high priest who has ascended to heaven. So, you know, when, when Jesus died and, and went to hell and paid my penalty and paid your penalty, and then ascended to heaven, he became our ambassador, our defense attorney, our um, high priest. And he sits on the throne of God, defending us. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith that we produce, pre profess, for we do not have a high... <clears throat> priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne with, of grace with confidence so that we know we will receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So the old King James says to go boldly to the throne of God. Because Jesus came here and lived as a human and went through the same storms and the same wind and the same rain and the same trials and the same temptations, and he chose God's way every time perfectly, he then sits on the throne and gives us an opportunity to use him as our defense. So when we're standing here in times of trouble, we don't have to look around the world to find what's going on around us. We look to the cross to know that Jesus has already done everything that we need to done. And when we can get satisfied that he's done everything that he can do for us, that he's delivered us from this, that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, that we stand in his refuge, it should reduce your stress level just a smidge. In fact, I'm going to tell you, I want you to try it this week. When stuff starts boiling up on the inside of you, when stress is going on and work is crazy and the kids are crazy and everything's going on, I want you to take a time out. Sing a praise and worship song. Read your Bible for a few minutes. Stop and pray for just a few minutes. And it's going to feel, it, I'm going to tell you on the inside, Satan is going to come against you at everything you've got. Well, you ain't got time to pray. You need to get back to work. You don't need to be messing with no singing, no song. You got stuff to do. It ain't going to help whether or not the kids are behaving or not. You need to get back to doing what you were doing. See, like them folks on the news, when I know they pull them for one side or the other side, it makes me want to pull for the other side. When that says praying ain't going to help you none, oh, praise God, I need to pray right now. If singing praise and worship ain't going to help you none, oh, man. I wish I could sing. We're going to sing right now. We're going to sing. What did, you know, when they were talking about David dancing in the street, and you shouldn't be dancing like that, and what did it say? And he danced all the more. When the world is against you and says, oh, you ain't got time for God, or you don't need God, or God's not your help, that should be a big red flashing sign that at that moment there is nothing better on the planet to help you than seeking God's refuge. Because when we get to there, when you get to, hey, you ain't got time to pray. It ain't going to do you no good. You don't got time to read your Bible. You don't got time to go to church. You shouldn't be listening to that guy anyway. That should be blinking bright red lights to know that you are getting ready to be in a season where that is important. And we, as a Christian body, well, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. The further we get down the path, the more exciting things are going to happen around us. 
the closer we need to grow to God, the closer that we need to understand what his refuge means to us, that his feathers cover us, like it says in Psalms 91, that he is our refuge and our strength and our power and our salvation and our rock. Because the further, y'all ever played hide and go seek? I mean, I know you have. I mean, some of y'all before video games, the little kids might have not played it. But I mean, the old people, they didn't have nothing else to do. They had to play outside. They play hide and go seek. You know, you play different kind of people in hide and go seek. Sometimes you play them fools that go hide like under the car, in the, you know, in the trunk or something crazy. But a lot of times you get people to hide close to base, right? If you play in with a base, they hide close to base. Why? Because when you find them, all they got to do is, I'm a base. You can't touch me. I'm on base. That's it. What is not a very good strategy in hide-and-go-seek, but as a Christian, we shouldn't ever get to where we can't touch base. We shouldn't ever be where we can't be in God's favor. We shouldn't ever be where we can't be in God's presence. Because I'm going to tell you, if you get way away from God's presence in, in, in base, you, you ain't doing too good. That, this game don't work well like that. You should, be, you should be so loved with base that you can't get close, you can't get close enough to base. You can't get close enough to God. That you're trying in everything that you have to get closer and closer and closer to what God's word says, to what God's will is for your life, to what he says to you. See, it's a communication thing that has to happen. It, it, it is a great thing to have base. It's an even better thing that when you have a base that encourages you, loves you, cares for you, tends to you, who knows how many hair is on your head, who knew you before you were born, Who's redeemed you from the curse? See, that's what we have in base. My base, my God, my living God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The I am that I am. The one that was there before the beginning and will be there after the end. The Alpha and the Omega. That's who I have for base. So, I mean, if you played hide and go seek and the you know, base was like a car or something and those people left Aunt Linda's house early, then you didn't have base anymore and you had to run, right? My base don't move. He's there all the time, especially in times of need and trouble. But the closer we get to knowing what God's word says and living in his refuge, it gives us strength. It gives us confidence. It gives us power to be able to go about our day-to-day -day basis in a normal fashion. Well, normal. In a less stressed fashion. Because if we listen to his word and we cast our cares on him and we live in his refuge and we live in his strength, and we live in his salvation, and we live on his rock. And there's still storms, but we're not going to fall. When we get over here on the sand, that house falls. Over here on base, that, that house don't fall. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for your word. Father, we thank you for your refuge that you give us in times of trouble. We thank you that you stand by us, Father, that nothing will separate us from you. And we just give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.